Hey there guys, it is your host Jason with Whatsoever is True. Please check out whatsoeveristrue.com, the blog, which is more like the book because there's a lot of material on there. I don't blog four or five hundred word blogs. I mean, I've got some stuff on there for you, so hopefully it'll be edifying. And, and that's what we need. We need to just be filled with the truth of the word of the Lord. That's what we need. And with that said... Let's get right into the subject today. Are you stressed out? Are you depressed? Are you dealing with stress and depression? Are you struggling with it? And and what's the Christian answer for it? Let's get into it. The Christian answer is, <laughs> surprise, surprise, the sovereignty of God. You know, in modern Christendom, we often, we we like to meditate on the goodness of God. You know, we have this namby-pamby, God is good, Jesus loves everybody. You know, he's a European hair model. And, and he's just loves, 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 loves. But we don't think much on the sovereignty. We separate Jesus, the love of Jesus Christ, from the sovereignty and authority of Jesus Christ. That sets us up for some significant problems, which is why we always want to think systematically. Because all of us have tendencies. You know, I, I have a tendency. I, I grew up, my mom was Italian, Sicilian. She's very outgoing, uh, you know, kind of. Now, she's going to talk to you about stuff one way or the other. You're going to end up talking to that woman because she was a she was a tiger with getting to the heart of things. Uh, so I've kind of got that in me. Well, other people are more stoic. More people, some people are less emotional. And we have a tendency to kind of gravitate towards those things that we do naturally and not so much the things that are difficult for us. Well, this is one of those things where maybe the sovereignty of God and the authority of God scares you. And it does. It scares the bejabbers out of a lot of us. Because God is God. But that is the God that died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Well, this has massive theological implications. We don't want to play one attribute of God over against the other attributes. Meaning, I don't want to take the love of God, which is true. He loves us. He so loves us that he died for us. But he's also holy. He's also sovereign. He's also completely in authority. That's the key. Completely in authority. So let's not forget that. Let's make sure that we, we understand it. Because the, the thing with everything going on last year, COVID, the lockdowns, unemployment, job troubles, money problems, political tumult, uh, you know, uh, riots in the cities, uh, you know, protests going on everywhere, people disagreeing, everyone's upset. Uh, the, the election was, was extraordinarily tempestuous. All of this stuff is going to add stress to us. You could be thinking, what about my future? What about my, the future of my kids? All of this stuff. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. The brain answer is, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. If we would have had a shot in, in mid-February of 2020, and I could have said what was going to happen just a month later, and what sort of circumstances we were going to get rolling, you, you, no one would have believed me. Uh, so here I am. I don't know. And I don't get that memo. I'm in sales, not management. The Lord doesn't tell me what's coming in terms of the particulars. What he does tell us, is that he's sovereign. So let's look to scripture and try to wrap our brain around this because if we're dealing with stress <clears throat> and we're dealing with anxiety, we're, we're, we're missing a couple of things that are so important. You know, when Jesus goes to the tomb and he raises Lazarus, remember Jesus wept. Shortest verse in all scripture, Jesus wept. And he raises Lazarus, right? I mean, what, what an amazing thing. 
John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. And so, you know, the G, even the Jews said, well, look at how he loved him, right? And he could have opened the eyes of a blind man, but maybe he could have kept this guy. He should have kept this guy from dying. So even then, they're casting, uh, you know, uh, these these accusations at him and mocking him. Uh, imagine imagine that, right? I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now in America. I think a lot of Christians are looking around going, how is this happening? You know, there's, a, there's growing levels of sin, growing levels of intolerance of Christianity and so forth. And, and we're growing stressed and depressed about it. So... What does Jesus do? Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there's going to be an odor. For um, he's been dead for four days, right? So Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? What a line. I mean, whatever Jesus tells us to do, I mean, we need to believe that. That's our job. Our, the obedience of faith. Paul opens Romans with it in Romans 1, and he closes it in, in, in Romans 16. The obedience of faith. That's what we do to have faith in Jesus Christ. That's our task on earth. Uh, we, if we keep that front and center and remember that he's sovereign, then we're going to be okay. That's the beautiful thing. I don't know how the particulars are going to work out. I mean, in this case, Lazarus is dead, and he's been dead for a few days. So he's not saying we're not going to have hardships, we're not going to have afflictions, but he's saying he's sovereign. And so he took away the, the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I'm assuming he says Lazarus, come out, because if he would have just said come out, every, all the dead people would have raised He's got that power. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're an Avengers fan, but the Thor movie. Remember when they introduced Thor? There was that great scene where Thor dies. Thor doesn't have his hammer. He's... You know, he gets smacked, he gets backhanded by the big the big robot-looking thing. And, well, I love that scene. I, I, in fact, tear up every time I see the scene because it's it's messianic. Obviously, it's got some bad theology in it, but but All-Father is sleeping and, and finds that now Thor died for his friends, and now he's worthy of that hammer. He's worthy of the power of Thor. And so the hammer comes flying out. Um, you know, Natalie Portman... Is uh, you know playing his girlfriend is is there and and uh, she hears the thing whooshing she gets pulled back up comes Thor and then he just absolutely devastates the the evil and you know comes walking out of the whirlwind and everybody's everybody's astonished and I tear up when I think about it because imagine what they thought when they saw Lazarus come out of the tomb imagine <laughs> imagine what you're gonna feel if you've been to a funeral and you've seen as I've seen loved ones pass, and you've seen their lifeless bodies. I don't mean to—I don't mean to be uh, a little too graphic with this, but that's a tough thing. But that's life. That's evidence of the Christian message being true. No other theology, no other theology or philosophy makes sense of why there's death and what—why there's death, why it's wrong, what to do about it. Christianity does. Jesus Christ does. Imagine what you're going to feel, Christian, when you're in the presence of the Lord. And death is defeated. Imagine that. 
<laughs> but then also, to put this in perspective, right after that, unbind him and let him go. They just watched a guy they knew was dead for three days. And if, you, if you're looking around, you go, I can't believe this is happening. Let's look at verse 45. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what had been done, what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, ready? And this is what I want to point out. If you're depressed, if you're feeling some stress, if life is tough for you, watch this. So the chief priest said, what are we going to do? For this man performs many signs. He performs many signs? He's just raised a dead man. <laughs> anyway, picking up in uh, next verse 48, if we let him go, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. That was their response. These were religious scholars, guys. These were religious scholars. Their answer to seeing what they saw was to kill Jesus. Our job in life is to, is to, you know, to love him. And if we love him, we'll keep his word. Whoever does not love me doesn't keep my word. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me, he says later um, in the Upper Room Discourse. Right? When they're all depressed or sitting around, he says, you know, let, let, your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. If you're stressed, if you're depressed, focus on Jesus Christ, because he's real, and he's sovereign, and he died for you, he loves you. That's the answer to it. I'm not going to give you, this is not self-help, I'm not saying that all your problems are going to evaporate right there. What I'm going to say is that, you know, obviously the, the, the COVID lockdowns were, were with us, and there's nothing we can do about that. Um, you know, the, the, the situation of America is what it is. Now, that's saying that you, you don't speak prophetically to the culture and tell the culture the word of the Lord. I'm not saying we don't do that, but we've got to be careful against despair. We've got to be careful against stress. When, when the circumstances hit us and life is not going our way, we've got to make sure we say fix on Jesus Christ and the power and authority and the sovereignty of Jesus Christ is a balm that will, 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 do away with the stress. We'll do away with the with, with that pressure and that despair because despair and stress come in when you think there's no hope. Despair and pressure, depression come in when you think you're going to lose. Right? It's like, as a guy, I know what it's like to be watching my team and I'm watching and my team starts losing and you just start getting frustrated and you're like, you wish you could do something and it's so frustrating because you know you're going to lose. And there's that feeling of depression. And that's the same thing. And I don't mean to oversimplify, but that's really what's going on in the human heart with general depression. You just think there's no hope. Some of us have this worse than others. I, you know, I don't know why that happens. And, and, and you know, modern psychology doesn't know why it happens either. And they, and they try to, uh, to medicate the problem away for a lot of people. Um, I think that the, the real key here is the hopelessness and despair that is sin and is death. What we want, folks, is to focus on the reality of Jesus Christ and the eventual, our, our deliverance from sin and judgment and our eventual triumph in Christ, through Christ, for Christ. That's the key to it. 
so that you don't look at your world and don't look at your life and go, it's hopeless. I can't do it. This is terrible. I'm going to lose. No, you won't lose in Christ. We're more than conquerors in Christ. Now, again, I'm not saying that your circumstances will all of a sudden turn great. You're going to work tomorrow if you have a, you have a tough job, and your boss is going to walk up to you and say, you know what, you need a, a big, fat raise. I'm going to triple your salary. <laughs> all that. I don't know. I don't know what the Lord is going to do for you. But our job in life, our goal in life, is to know Him and to glorify Him and to grow in obedience of faith. Depression, stress, and anxiety is the opposite of that, which is why fear not is the number one commandment the Lord gives. Fear not. Why would He say it so often? He knows us. So let's consider that. And I'm going to keep this one short. Because it is a, it's just a very important thing. And it's a very common thing. And a lot of people think of sin. And they think of, uh, you know, of course, sexual sin and, and so forth. But, um, you know, the big issue here is when we're anxious and fretful, we are not being faithful. And, and, and fortunately, the Lord is gracious. And when we turn to Him and repent, and He's there for us. And we should be there for one another. Another thing that's going on is we have to have real relationships. In Romans, we talk about weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, have real relationships. Real Christian fellowship is not, you know, having this benign conversation, this bland and vanilla conversation about, you know, the, the, the church music or something. Have real conversations. If you've got heavy, if you have a heavy heart about something, talk about it to somebody. It could be the scariest thing you ever do. Talk about it. If you're having a problem with, let's say, you're with your family, a great way to air something a, a tremendous way to air something is to pray with them. If you have a problem, especially as a father, I might I might get my family together and pray over some things I'm worried about for me that I'm, I'm weak with. You know, Lord, forgive me for being temperamental or being moody or, or being anxious. You know, And for your family to all be before the Lord and to hear that, you go, huh, wow, okay. You know, this, this, this draws you closer together in the Lord. And, and that's, that's what the church, the family, and, and believers are supposed to be. I'll say one last thing before I sign off today. Remember that the disciples were together after Jesus' death and crucifixion, right? So when he appeared to them, they're together. They didn't kick Peter out for denying him. I mean, they had to know, they, they had to know what Judas did, right? They were there. Judas is dead. He's gone. They're worried. The Romans could come in. The Pharisees can come in. They could get killed any minute. But they're together. Don't isolate yourself. If you're stressed, you're depressed, don't isolate yourself. Get around other Christians. You know, get busy. Don't wallow in self-pity. Terrible things to do. Um, have real fellowship with real Christians and give glory to Jesus Christ and try to meditate on Him and His sovereignty. That's what, one of the things I love reading that chapter uh, Lazarus come out a few years back. A good friend of mine died rather suddenly. I was at the funeral, and it was a you know it was a warm warm early spring day, and it was the wind was blowing you know across the across the uh, the grounds, and and I was sitting watching the casket get lowered, and I remember he and I speaking of this very verse. I remember he and I talking about it. You know, I am the resurrection and the life, and I and I was hurt. I was, I, was, I, was, uh, I was obviously upset. I had a reason to be upset. Jesus wept. There's nothing wrong with that. But despair and hopelessness, that's not good. Being upset is not a sin. Jesus wept. If, Jesus we if, if weeping and being depressed about something that really bad happened is a sin, then Jesus wouldn't have wept. 
So don't misconstrue this. There's going to be seasons you're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to be in the valley. You're going to be in the mountain peaks. But faithfulness, stay fixed in the Lord, and these things will not overtake you and, and, and steal your joy and steal your peace and steal your testimony. Okay? Anyway, hope this all helped. Praise the Lord for, for his word and for and for his for his church so that we, we know him. And I pray that you guys all listening and you hear my voice, um, you know, take take this to heart and, and are lifted up in, in the glory and honor that is Jesus Christ and the fact that we're saved. We're saved and you know, blessed is the man or woman against whom the Lord doesn't count his or her sin. I mean, that's an incredible truth and, and we need to think about it. So, catch you guys next time.